Blog Talk Radio. You know, we have to pull the pizza amount of tokens for being a Monday. Oh, you really go for me? Here we go. Hi, folks. Yes, I have. I've got Autumn, Terry, Lacey, Passion, and Kyrie. Thank you. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Hello, everybody. It is Monday again, uh, and we are back here live for the number one wrestling podcast on the internet, at least uh, in in South Africa and Australia. At least we've seen those numbers, so that's fun. And, uh, and, and Vietnam too. Oh, and Vietnam. There we go. So, we, so we want to thank them for for being uh, consistent listeners to our show. Um, we do have a big show again here tonight. Again, I'm going to be bumping in, uh, bumping in and out here. I do have the national championship team. I have to cover for the station, so I'll be around. But uh, as usual, this is probably going to be a granny and icon-dominated show. Um, oh, boy, right? Oh, goody. Um, but that's what it's going to be, uh, at least for the first hour or so anyway. Um, now, I did want to thank, as you heard in the beginning, uh, Sharpshooter Funding. Uh, as well as First Down Funding, uh, the Canadian and American brands. Uh, those are the Hart family, very dear, dear friends to the show. We've had almost all of them on with us, and uh, we, we love the Hart family. and they're, they're legends of wrestling, and they uh, they support us almost exclusively. So we want to thank them for that and allowing us to play their company's advertisements on our show. It's a big honor, and um, you know we're, we're we're humbled by by the fact that such a big family has acknowledged us and. Uh, you know, gave us the, uh, that opportunity to acknowledge them. So I want to say that. Uh, Icon, I do got to get back to this game here for one second um, uh, and put the commercial on here and get that set up for the station. So uh, we do have a 701 number on. I'm assuming it's the Puffamania guys. Uh, but go ahead and uh, tell us who we got coming up, and I'll put people through. All right, well, we got the Puffamania guys coming up in two minutes. Uh, our first guest uh, tonight will be Paragon. Uh, and then we got James Allen, and then we got the living legend himself, uh, who I'm going to have to call. And we have, uh, well, that'll be Bugsy McGraw, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to have some fun with him uh, at the top of the next hour. So uh, uh, it, it will be awesome. And I can't wait to talk to him. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, <clears throat> 
<clears throat> so you want me to put them through? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here we go. All right, hey guys, uh, what's going on? We got Papa Mania coming out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Big show this Sunday. The icon will be there live behind the broadcasting booth. Hey guys, tell us what is going on. Run down the card, where it is, when it is, and what's going on. Let us know. What's up, Papa Maniacs and Attitude Era Live listeners? It's Ace the Kid Hagen here with none other than the Puffster himself. Your boy, Big Papa Puff, and we're here with our card for our upcoming show, Papa Mania Wrestling Association's Whiteout. And it's going to be huge. It's not just going to be huge. It's going to be great, a certified decent card. It's featuring the first ever Papa Mania Championship qualifying tournament. We have tag team action. We have a last man standing match. And we have the first ever Papa Mania exclusive. Oof, match. And you know and what? That sounds you can all find good, this match. Uh, what, uh, what was that? What? When is it? What time is it? And uh, how many people are you expecting us to be there? Well, it is this Sunday, January 17th, live at the Double Tree Event Center in West Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, we're expecting close to 200, 250 people. That's right. It's also for pay per view via Discover Pro Wrestling. So that uh, we'll that is awesome. A, uh, yeah. And uh you know you guys have got a, a good show lined up for us. So tell our fans uh when they uh when they come out obviously masks and stuff and social distancing should be required at least uh before they get into the room <clears throat> but uh tell us how long of a show are our fans looking forward to this Sunday. Man, we're looking close to a three and a half hours show. It's going to be a long and wild ride. It's going to be action-packed. It's going to be a whiteout of wrestling icon. And uh, still kid-friendly, right? Bring your kids out. Have some fun with the wrestlers. Absolutely. Come on out. Support your local indie wrestlers because uh, they wouldn't be anything without you guys. And uh, now, are, uh, is there going to be an opportunity for, for fans to talk to the wrestlers uh, like there was last oh, time? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You betcha. Yeah, you betcha. You betcha you'll be able to talk to the wrestlers. They'll be out there. They'll be able to sign some autographs. They'll be able to get some merch from them. We have a nice, we'll have a nice merch area for them to be at. All the Puff Maniacs will be there. They can get the shirts they want. They can get the hats they want. Heck, if they want to get a downtown P.D. Brown light-up mask, they can get a downtown P.D. Brown light-up mask. And if they want to get a Puff Mini exclusive white-up cup, you can get those too. Yeah. And uh, if, you want to, uh, if you want to, if you want to, will fans have the opportunity to, uh, um, how can you put this mildly? Uh, um, we know that... Uh, uh, the commissioner is going to be there, right? Uh, will fans have the opportunity to put him in a dunk tank when he's there? <laughs> Unfortunately, not because it's going to be pretty chilly out, and we need we need Sly. Sly's right no, I don't know if you guys heard this He's not used to the cold. I, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but it's actually supposed to be 43 degrees on Sunday. Oh, really? Yes, well, it is. If it's an attraction to the fans, that might happen. Just kidding. We're not going to yeah. do that to Sly. He's there. 
to make Law and Order and Granny Hawks, you know that's going to happen. Why do you got to trigger her like that, using emotions and words and such? Well, if, let me tell you, if Granny Hulkster was able to be at that show, Granny oh, Hulkster no. would certainly tell Sylvester J. Fox what I think and where he could go and what he could do with that golf club. And I would, well, yes, you know, I would keep it very family-friendly because hey, of the kids. Hey, like but you, said, you the know first what? Time being on I'm here. not afraid of Sylvester J. Fox. I have He's faced, aware of that. I have faced managers like he you can't believe over. guys in my years as a wrestling fan. <laughs> I tell you, I, I have personal friends in this wrestling business that I can count on to back Granny Holster up in a heartbeat if I needed to. So that's I that's all I'm saying, guys. So well, Granny, for one of our shows, you gotta uh, come hey, up. Hey guys, uh, real quick times. here, uh, we got a we got a call on the line here. Um, oh, it's probably Sylvester J. Fox calling in. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I hope this is not uh, our next guest. But let's see. Callers, six one two. How can we assist you? You got a question for the Pulp Mania guys? Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, I'll say that I am a, a your old co-host Jordan Garber died. What are you thinking about that? It's a sad night for me and all wrestling fans. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, we were going to touch on that a little later, but I'm actually glad you called. Uh, yeah, Jordan Garber, a uh, friend of the show, um, uh, wow. passed away. Uh, I believe it was on Saturday or Sunday. And, uh, uh, we, uh, we love everything that, uh, Jordan Garber did. Uh, we did have our differences, but what people don't really realize is that he and I were the best of friends and, uh, uh, you know, uh, everything that we did was all a storyline thing. And, uh, uh, we had no, uh, ill wills with each other. So, uh, we, uh, do miss him. Um, uh, so. One second here. Uh, did, have you heard what happened? No, we didn't. Yeah, uh, no one, no one seems to know, uh, and you know we don't want to speculate at this point. But uh, as soon as we find out, uh, you know we'll um, uh, we'll uh, keep everybody updated when we find out more. But. Uh, uh, oh, that's surprising, unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, one a, thing we're going to say, I'm just going to say, I'm glad you brought it up. You got, you were a good, good friend, and you did great interviews with. Yeah, and we, uh, we are going to miss them. And uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, we do appreciate you calling in, and uh, uh, next week we'll uh, talk more about it when we find out more about what happened. So. Uh, keep listening and call in next week, and then we'll talk more about it, okay? All right, thanks, bud. Okay. Packers. Wow, that was really uh, Well, I'll tell you what, real quick, uh, Puff Mania guys, um, if you uh, want to uh, give a quick rundown of the event again, <laughs> uh, how many matches, how long uh, people uh, will be entertained, 
Uh, you got about two minutes. Go ahead. Uh, our next guest is ready to come on, so go ahead, guys. Uh, well, PWA White Oak presents White Oak, I guess. I missed that. I'm, uh, that kind of threw me off. <laughs> yeah, we we just got that news. We didn't we didn't know that he he had passed away. Yeah, well, uh, we, so were gonna, anyways, we were gonna we uh, t- yeah we were gonna touch on it a little later a little later, but we might as well you know talk about it when we can you know. Right, right. Well, January seventeenth at the Double Tree in West Fargo, North Dakota, PWA presents Whiteout, featuring the first ever PWA Championship Qualifying Tournament. Uh, we got tag team action, NDS versus Rampage Party. We got a last man standing match between Sugar Bobby Brennan and the Copperhead Duke Cornell. And we also got for our main event, Puffer Maniac, the first ever, the first ever Oofta match between the controversial one, Kato, and the Renaissance man, Ricky Norton. You may ask what an Oofta match is. Well, the Oofta match is no countouts, no submissions. Any use of other weapons than provided weapons leads to disqualification. The only way to win the Oofta match is to pin your opponent down for a five count. And this match is no time limit. This is an, it, it's it's going to be an absolute brawl. It's going to be absolute like to see this thing in the life. This is a personal vengeance of ours, and it's a true love letter to all the maniacs and all the wrestling lovers that are here in the great state of North Dakota. And we also have a huge pre-show lined up. We have Jake Taylor versus Levi Lanigan and the Northern Force versus Valhalla Latte. And it's just going to be a grade A certified decent time, Puffster and Puff Maniac. I'm Ace the Kid Hagen with none other than the Puffster himself. Your boy, and, Big uh, Puff, looking all at White House. And, uh, January 17th. The icon will be there on uh, commentary, and uh, if you want to autograph the icon, come over, say hi. I'll take care of you as well. No problem. Don't forget, icon. I'll be there right next to you. All right. Yeah, you can uh, keep me on my seat. So, all right, uh, <laughs> Public Mania this Sunday. Uh, they'll sell you the whole seat, but you just need the edge. Uh, so come That's on out nice. Sunday. Uh, come support Public Mania. Oh, do, you, and, uh, do you have the ability to run the board, icon? Because, I mean, we do have yeah, another follow-on. I got it. You got it? I got it. I'm going right now. All right. All right. You guys, we'll see you this weekend, all right? All right. See you same puff time, same puff channel. Good night. All right. All right. Well, there you go. See, Granny, now if you were there, you could could, uh, let him use your cane as a weapon. Uh, But anyway, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce our next guest, and then we'll bring him on, and we'll have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. One of the hippest independent wrestlers in the whole USA today. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, as he steps into the ring, it's Paragon. Hey, this is the notorious and vainglorious Paragon. You are listening to the Attitude Era Live with your host, the icon, the big swing, and granny hope. And uh, for those of you guys who have never seen uh, Paragon, uh, what I like about him, he's a cross between Johnny B. Bad and Prince, and uh, he's just one badass dude. And we're going to have some fun with him tonight. I hope you don't mind that comparison, but you're awesome. So here's what we're going to do here. Uh, we have um, 
Uh, we have uh, 30 minutes here with you. If you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, then uh, I'll ask you some questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll have some fun. Go ahead. Well, first of all, baby, if you're going to introduce Paragon, you got to do it right. That's why most times the announcers have to hand Paragon the microphone. And first of all, when you introduce Paragon, you have to start off with, you are now listening to Excellence and the culmination of domination personified, the apogee of all he's he's. Desires twice as nice, never had a bad day in his whole life, mouth like Ali, dangerous Tyson, and if you allow the smooth taste to fool you, you'll get lost in the sauce and whisper something as sweet as pain. Mr. Big Drip Energy, Mr. See Your Girl, Long Drip Style, All Night, Drive a Wild, give a back to you and make it say thank you, Drip Slayer, Hip Slayer, Mr. 23 Positions and a Thousand Submissions, the Vanglorious and Notorious Paragon. See, that's how you got to do that, baby. It's okay. It's okay. I, I forgive you. All right, well, uh, I, if you forgive me, I lost my secret decoder ring. <laughs> we have uh, Paragon as our guest here. we got 28 minutes. So now tell us, uh, how long have you been uh, in the business? Well, this uh, past December uh, actually marked Paragon's three-year anniversary since he first stepped foot in a professional wrestling ring. And uh, what is the main company you're currently working for? As of right now, the main company that Paragon works for, his home company, is uh, Chicago Land Championship Wrestling, which you can actually check out on Amazon Prime, Fight TV, and Power 4 TV. That's awesome. Now, uh, when you, uh, with your wrestling style, I'm kind of curious, would you consider yourself to be a high flyer like uh, Rey Mysterio, a technical wrestler like Bret Hart, or you, you just got that ass-kicking tech uh, tendencies like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? How would you... How would you uh, rank your style? Well, Paragon's got his own style. Now, he's no Rey Mysterio because why would you want to hide this face with a mask? But also, Paragon likes to keep his behind on the ground. See, I am a tactician and a technician. I am trying to dissect my opponent to make them submit mentally before they even submit physically. I'm a showman because Paragon is the entire show. Paragon's a network where most people are trying to get a pilot, if we're being honest. And also, Paragon has a mixed martial arts background, so he loves to throw a, a, a pretty nice knee to someone's face to remind them exactly who this pretty butt kicker is. That's awesome. Now, um, when, you, uh, when you go out in the ring, uh, how would you consider yourself? Would you say that you're more of a, a baby face, a heel, tweeny, or are you more of a crowd guy, what they think you're going to be? I mean, Paragon is Paragon. Paragon doesn't change for whoever he's in that ring with, nor whatever audience he's in front of. Truly, the audience decides how they react to Paragon, but Paragon's always going to be himself. Some people might call me a heel, they might call me a tweener, but Paragon's just Paragon. I'm here to have fun. I am here to embarrass my opponents. I'm here to make money, collect championship goals, and steal somebody's lady that night. And uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about your wow. championships here. Well, yeah, we'll talk about your. We'll talk about your championships here in a second. But uh, Paragon is our guest here. We got twenty six minutes. Hey, Granny, it sounds like we could have some kind of a uh, might be a little bit of a heelish guy. What do you have for our guest, Paragon? We have twenty six minutes. 
Well, he sure definitely um, is very proud of himself, and that's what I like that in a wrestler. I mean, you know, he's very open, very open-minded, and speaks what he thinks, and you know, and that's pretty awesome. No, because you know, Granny does not like the heels. Just saying, you know, I could talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to, and I have done so in my career as the wrestling fan that I am, you know. So I guess my quite, one of my questions to you is who has been your most toughest opponent you've ever had in your career? Well, if we're being completely honest, Paragon's toughest opponent was himself. See, when you step in that ah. ring, you know, you may, you may be standing toe-to-toe with a competitor who may be bigger or smaller, faster or stronger, but at the end of the day, Paragon's not in a match with Zim. Paragon's in a match with himself. No one has ever beaten Paragon but Paragon, whether it was Paragon's hubris, whether it was Paragon underestimating an opponent. Paragon has never been defeated by anybody but himself. And that's oh, honestly like Paragon's that biggest threat and his biggest opponent. I like that answer. That's pretty awesome. Hey, uh, Paragon, you're not by any chance related to Stevie Ray Harlan Heat, are you? No, Paragon <laughs> is not related to Stevie Ray. Stevie <laughs> Ray don't got enough funk nor enough soul to hang with Paragon. I appreciate that because uh, uh, when he was on here, he kind of rang, rang me to the coals and uh, I had to hang up on him, so I'll never let him on the show again. But anyway, uh, we have uh, Paragon as our guest here. Uh, we have uh, 24 minutes. Now, uh, we won't uh, spend too much time on this because it's kind of a depressing uh, issue, but, um, you know, we got we got the whole COVID thing going on, so I'm just kind of curious, how has that affected uh, your career? Have you uh, had a lot of matches postponed or canceled to be rescheduled? Have you had to blank out your schedule to a certain point? Uh, how has uh, COVID affected you? Well, when it comes to a means of professional wrestling, COVID has, has been right in the middle of both beneficial and both a hindrance. It allowed Paragon to evolve into his next phase. It allowed him to shed the skin of the Paragon of old to be able to be the <clears throat> Paragon of new. You know, before Paragon was a walking apocalypse, he was a man hell-bent on destruction and making every knee bow to him. And though Paragon still is, Paragon tries to keep that side of him at bay until he really needs it until he faces an obstacle so Ruthian that he can't overcome it. But now Paragon is, is, is Paragon fantastic, Lady Killer Romantic, and he is here to strip titles and a couple of uh, wives, if he says so himself. But on top of that, on the other end of things, Paragon truly, truly got hurt by this pandemic. One, Paragon lost loved ones due to this pandemic. Paragon himself battled this pandemic. And on top of it all, Paragon's wrestling calendar got wiped out due to this pandemic. I was supposed to debut in the UK and Mexico and Germany, many different states throughout these United States, and that pandemic took that away from Paragon. You know, the name Paragon was supposed to be much bigger in 2020. A lot of people say, you know, new year, new me, this is my year, blah, blah, blah. They don't mean it because they're the same animal and the same beast at the same time. But this truly was supposed to be the year of the Paragon. It was going to be a household name as well as a renowned name. But uh, as time progresses, he decided to make 2021 even more special because this year will be truly something vainglorious. 
Now, what you know, what I like about uh, how you said that, uh, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned twenty twenty was supposed to be uh, big for you, but think about this: twenty twenty one, you're going to make that even uh, bigger because, uh, you know, when uh, COVID is finally out of here, you're going to step up because you're already you're already set to go, so you're just going to propel from there. Oh, most definitely. I've told many people this is the revenge season. This is the season of all the naysayers and the doubters, all those that got left behind and chose to turn their backs on Paragon. There are many people that Paragon went into 2020 with as friends, and they came out as enemies. And so this season of 2021, oh, yeah, Paragon ain't just hungry. He's starving, and no, don't nobody, not a single soul gets to eat until Paragon eats first and then tells them they're allowed to sit at the table. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of curious, uh, Paragon, uh, and I – you know, I've uh, you know I made a car, I made a cool uh, collector's card for you, and uh, I love your awesome look. But uh, on the card I made for you, you're holding two titles. Can you tell us about those titles? Well, the uh, two titles in the picture. One of them is the uh, now retired and defunct World Finest Wrestling uh, Heritage Championship. So not only was I the second ever champion, I was the longest reigning champion, and I was the uh, only wrestler on that roster to be undefeated from the time I started to the time those doors closed. And the other championship is the uh, WTF Tag Team Championship out of Carmel, Indiana, which I am not only one half of the Tag Team Champions, or I should technically say one-third because Paragon Stable, we, we do the free bird rule. Uh, I am one-third of the tag team champions as well as the current reigning and defending United States WTF champion, and also at that company, I am undefeated. Uh, uh, Peregrine, we got a uh, we got a caller on the line here. Would you be willing to take a call from a fan? Oh, most definitely, baby. All right, let's see what this is. Uh, caller, 571, what do you got for our guest, Paragon? Go ahead. Paragon. I love you. Good. Paragon loves you too, baby. Great. We got that guy back now. That's we got great. the toilet flush guy back again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Paragon, I, I apologize. Uh, Sorry about uh, that, Paragon. Uh, I, I will remember that number. He won't ever get on again. Uh, so, now... You you know you mentioned you've uh, collected a lot of titles. How many different titles have uh, you uh, had in your career? Okay, let's Paragon see. So in Paragon's third year, and we got off to take the pandemic into consideration because there would have been a lot more championship gold. Paragon has held five championships, and that's actually five championships within a span of probably a year. That's so awesome. I'd probably say from from the uh, middle of twenty, from the summer of twenty nineteen until actually present day. So I guess that makes it almost a two year mark. Paragon has held uh, five championships and currently still holds two, if you don't count the one that no longer exists. Uh, Paragon's our guest here. We got uh, nineteen minutes here with Paragon. Now, I'm going to put this to you. I, uh, every independent wrestler you've had on the show, I've always asked this question, and no one has ever answered the same way, so I'm going to put it to you. It's a two-part question. Let's say that, uh, say, an AEW or a WWE official has had a match, and they uh, they uh, they talk to you at the end of the match, and they're like, uh, 
you know, uh, we like what you do. Maybe you should come out and uh, do a little tryout with us. Two-part question. One, is that something you'd want to do? And two, because you got the driving, uh, you could get that big-time contract. We you not big-timers and still talk to us? Well, I want to answer the second one first. Uh, Paragon believe there's no such thing as big-time. Uh, it's either full of yourself and there is remembering who you are. Now, Paragon likes to be full of something to fill other things up, but full of Paragon self, he may not be. Yeah, he talks in third person, but he paid the cost to be the boss. But when you remember who you are, that also means you get to remember where you came from. You remember the humble means. You remember the people that gave you opportunities that were there for you once upon a time. So, no, if Paragon gets to reach the upper echelons of Shangri-La, Paragon's not going to forget who helped get him there. But if WWE or AEW or ROH or Impact or whomever may have you were to knock on Paragon's door and say, hey, we want to give you an opportunity to show us what you got, or just say we want to give you an opportunity to show the world what you got, Paragon most definitely will take it. But I will say this, though. My goal isn't to make it to TV. My goal is to make this my living. This is the dream. This is the passion. This is the lifeblood. And I know people on the independents that are able to make this their dream and passion, lifeblood, lifeblood, and pays all their bills. Now, to do it on TV and say, hey, look, Ma, I made it, that's also a blessing within itself. That's awesome. Uh, Paragon is our guest here. We have uh, 17 minutes here left with Paragon. Um, so I guess my next question, then, Paragon, is, uh, uh, you know, I was kind of looking at, uh, you know, you know, through your Facebook, and we have a, we actually have a, a question from a listener here. Uh, they asked, "Are you a big Prince fan?" <laughs> uh, yes, Paragon is extremely a big Prince fan. But Paragon is a fan of music and soul and funk. Paragon is a fan of art and culture, and so. Prince, though he was literally walking and singing and moving and, and playing art, uh, though he is very influential in, in the mystique of Paragon, he is not the sole proprietor, and he is also not the, uh, not an imi- uh, Paragon's not imitating Prince. That's just something that Paragon wants to put out there. A lot of people in their promos that Paragon want to call Paragon a fake Prince, and if you do your homework, you will know he might be a part of the equation, but he's not the whole answer. And, well, and you do like the color purple as well. Oh, it's the best color. It's the color of royalty. It's the color of mystique. It's the color of mystery. It is the color of wonder. And that's everything that Paragon is. And, you know, it's also the color of my favorite uh, football team, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the, Vi- the Vikings are nice, but uh, Paragon would be remiss if he didn't give a shout-out to both the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Well, there you go. Uh you know, uh, I, I don't want to cause friction between you and Granny Hawkshire, but Granny Hawkshire is a big uh, Cleveland, uh, uh, sorry, a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Most well, you know what? You know what? I, I hope that the two teams can have a, a, a hell of a showing, uh, at least better than the last Browns game went, because as a Browns fan, that was very nice for me to see, but it was kind of embarrassing to see the other side. Touchdown Raiders! And uh, Granny doesn't like that either. Uh, no, I don't, because I don't like the I don't like the Raiders at all. Uh, so Paragon, let us know here, um, so we so we can get this in here. 
if our fans want to check you out and see what you're doing, uh, you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a GoFundMe. What do you got? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. So you can find Paragon on Facebook as uh, Paragon Christoph St. James. That is Paragon's personal Facebook page because Paragon is for the people. He loves the people. He just has to be respectful and understanding. Uh, Paragon's uh, Twitter, Snapchat, and PlayStation, in case you know you want to add Paragon on PSN, is the Paragon 23 And then you can find Paragon on Instagram at the underscore Paragon. You can also search me up on, uh, on YouTube as uh, Paragon Christoph St. James or the Walking Apocalypse Paragon. And just in case you can't find me there, just type in Paragon Versus and you'll find my page. That's awesome. And uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, our uh, our listeners are, are lining up. We got a we got a contest uh, going uh, for uh, starting uh, tonight through next week, and hopefully you'll be able to do it. Maybe send us some autographs for giveaways. But uh, if you go on to our Facebook page, Author Ropes, and if you like the page, uh, we'll select. Uh, we'll select a few lucky winners to win some autographs of the great Paragon because uh, Paragon loves his fans. And, uh, uh, you know, he, uh, he always appreciates uh, all the stuff that the fans do. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, do you uh, happen to know uh, if at all right now, when your next match might be or where it's going to be or what you're trying to get scheduled at next? Well, I actually had a match this, this past weekend. It was uh, Paragon's first match of 2021. Kind of Paragon's tune-up and also a place that he debuted his new gear that has only been seen by very few eyes. But uh, as of right now, Paragon's next match and his next return match isn't until uh, April, which Paragon just takes it as time to keep on recouping and building this granite stone physique and, you know, marble and crusted body that he's working on. Because prior to the pandemic, Paragon was only 209 pounds, and now Paragon sits at a whopping 231, and he is trying to get bigger from here. So if you don't see Paragon in the wrestling ring, please check out your social media because you never know where he may pop up next. So uh, your match in April, will that be for a title or no? (laughs) Actually, in April, uh, Paragon, as well as one of his tag team partners, Jay Storm, we are part of a group called The Tribunal, We'll be taking on a team from Chicago called No Coast. Uh, if you actually watch Chicago Land Championship Wrestling, which is also great production value, great show, we faced them at that show, and they decided that they wanted to have fun. They decided they wanted to play games and make a joke of our match, not realizing that they were standing across the ring from a god and Anubis himself, and as well as his partner, who is a walking embodiment of a beast and a savage. And so, since they decided they wanted to have fun in games, they had to leave that match bloody. And now they want their get back. They want to be able to prove they belong in the ring with Tribunal, and we'll see about that. We'll see come this next show if they belong. Uh, Par- uh, Paragon's our guest here. We got uh, 11 minutes here at Paragon. Uh, so, uh, what would we have to do to have you get your tag team partner on here with us? Oh, you ain't got to do much, baby. I got to do is hit either of them up, both of them are uh, ready and willing to let you know how great we are. <laughs> but, no, they're both great brothers. They're great dudes. They're some of the best people in the business. Chris Moore, he is Moore, and the king of the jungle, God's wrath, Jay Storm. Both of them are great cats, and all you got to do is just shoot them a message, ask them when they have time free, and they'll be right here to let you know exactly what the tribunal is all about, exactly what they are all about. 
we do have another uh, caller on the line here. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, the guy playing games or what, but uh, we will uh, see who it is. Um, if not, we'll edit it. <laughs> 701, what do you got? Uh, Paragon, are you playing Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, Paragon plays PlayStation. He's on PSN as the Paragon 23. He also plays Wii U, uh, but he might be getting an Xbox here soon because Paragon don't discriminate when it comes to game systems, you know? It's all about having fun. Amen, brother. Amen. I look forward to seeing your work, and I'm looking forward to maybe playing some uh, PSN with you online. You're the man, Paragon. The great interview. Icon, give this man more respect. And Granny, you keep your mouth shut. Paragon is the man. Hey, I didn't say anything bad about Paragon. No, well, I'll tell you what, at least, uh, well, thank you, caller. We appreciate that. Keep listening. And uh, uh, Paragon, I didn't know that uh, we were going to send a um, a guy against you on PlayStation, but uh, uh, have you had a chance to, speaking of PlayStation real quick, uh, have you had a chance to secure the new PS5? Uh, Paragon has not got the new PS5 because he actually uh, bought his PS5 and then gave it away to charity. Uh, There's a little kid that uh, apparently got all good grades, um, and I guess their house caught on fire, and so they weren't really able to have a really nice Christmas. And so Paragon actually donated the PS5 he was going to have for himself to that little boy because Paragon loves the kids. He will suplex your kids, but he loves the kids. Hey, uh, Granny, tell me about your charity that you uh, that you help out with kids. Maybe you can get uh, Paragon on that for you. Well, I help. I I pick up merchandise for the promoter, but he's out of the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. It's called the organization called Wrestling for a Cause, and they've been around for a little over nine years, and they do shows for kids that are fighting childhood cancer. Well, that's a beautiful cause. That's a beautiful cause. Actually, any way Paragon can help out with that, if you get any information to Paragon, he would love to because well, I've had family he, members and actually, friends that have fought cancer. They actually have a Facebook page. If you go to Wrestling for a Cause, you can find all the email information. Um, the promoter is Tim Rockwell, and uh, – he um, he he does an awesome job with that organization. Right on, right on. Paragon just might have to do that now. Uh, Paragon's our guest here. We got uh, seven minutes. I, I uh, well, we got another caller on the line. Let's hope it's a serious call and says something else. Five one eight. Go ahead. You're on with Paragon. Go ahead. He's gone. All right. Well, hey, uh, Paragon, I got, I got to, uh, I got to admit, I got uh, right now. You have broken record for most call, uh, callers for two, uh, 2021. Uh, I know this is only our <laughs> second week on tw- uh, in 2021, but so far you've broken the record for most call-ins for <clears throat> 2021. So uh, if uh, that record stays, which I hope it doesn't, but uh, at the end of the year, we'll uh, make sure you get one of the uh, awards. Uh, because the Icon's giving out awards uh, for 2021 this year. Uh, most downloaded, uh, most listened to, uh, guy with most callers. Um, oh, 
518, you're on with Paragon. Go ahead. And he's gone. So, uh, Paragon, apparently uh, there's a uh, I mean, there's people calling in wanting to talk to you, but apparently uh, they're they're a little nervous to uh, talk to the great Paragon. How does that make you feel? I mean, it's understandable. When there is a godlike being in most people's presence, they don't know how to handle it. But he's let the people know that whether you are so, so not quite a worthy worshiper or a parasite, Paragon has no qualms talking to you. It's just a matter of how you approach Paragon that determines your response, you know. We talked about whether Paragon was a heel or a face, and I said that honestly Paragon's Paragon. But there have been times where audience members have tried to test Paragon, and Paragon has had to let them know exactly who they were talking to. Because on that microphone, Paragon has killed more mics than Conrad Murray. And if you don't know who that is, it's Michael Jackson's doctor. All right. Uh, so, hey, real wow. quick, Paragon, this is one question I forgot to ask you. Uh, you know, all great wrestlers have a great finishing maneuver. Uh, what uh, what is uh, your your finishing maneuver? Tell us about it. What's involved and what's it called and how devastating is it? Well, Paragon's finishing maneuver, just to be coy, is a one, two, three. <laughs> but uh, if we're actually, you know, get, getting into the actual deep down and dirty of it, uh, Paragon has more than one finisher, and it honestly just depends on the opponent, depends on the environment. Paragon loves to tap people out. He's used a uh, modified Kimura lock before that he's called, you know, Armageddon. He has used uh, the ankle lock to end matches before. He has used a modified cloverleaf that he calls supplication. Uh, but as of late, there are three key moves that Paragon uses to, to end matches. The paralyzer, which is a modified uranagi or a, uh, a rock-bottom takeover throw. So instead of just an up and down, I carry you over my body, almost belly-to-belly style, um, and trust and believe. When it hits, it's match over. Uh, the second move, Paragon does a uh, out of the corner to a, a standing opponent or a kneeling opponent. He does a running bicycle knee. And uh, Paragon also, uh, it's called, that's called knee apocalypse. And then Paragon also has a, uh, a submission move that he's been doing as of late. As a tribute to Paragon's hero, Eddie Guerrero, and his, and his family, it's a gory special. But instead of just uh, holding the move itself, Paragon sometimes traps the arm in the neck. Sometimes he does uh, manipulation to the fingers and joints, and he calls that the thirst trap. That's awesome. And uh, usually I, I always uh, ask uh, which one of us would uh, volunteer to take that, but I, I think we'll all pass on that. That that one seems pretty devastating to me, so I think we'll pass on that. Oh, yeah. It's not one that people want to take often. Especially since Paragon has uh, won his last <clears throat> 12 matches with that thirst trap, and his last 12 matches he has won. So, so uh, and you mentioned that uh, you're uh, undefeated in the ring, and you've been uh, no one has been able to beat you but yourself. But uh, uh, if uh, if there's one match on YouTube that you'd want fans to gravitate to, uh, who's it against, and uh, where can they find it? If there is one match that I definitely want fans to watch and glue their eyes to, it is probably Paragon versus Bo Crockett. Uh, if you literally type in Paragon versus Bo Crockett, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, honestly, it was one of the most fun matches that I've ever had in my entire career because it was a match where I was just having fun. It was a match where I was alive. It was a match where I just was enjoying life that day. And I actually walked into that match a double champion. 
uh, and I walked out the match a double champion. So that's another reason why I really enjoyed that one. Uh, another match I would recommend is uh, myself versus either Jeremy Hadley or Brett Havoc, two also great matches, as well as a match with uh, Tyler Voss out of Ohio, great guy. And also, he's like the Midwest Kyle O'Reilly, if I do say so myself. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Paragon, we do appreciate uh, uh, you're taking your time on your schedule to join us. Uh, we love you. Hopefully, we can get you back on in, uh, again in 2021 uh, so you can keep your uh, undefeated streak alive. And uh, we uh, would love to hear you talk more about it, especially <laughs> bring a title with you next time you come with us. Sounds good, baby. Sounds good. Take care, thank you all for thank having you. me. I appreciate you all. We, we Thanks, love you, Paragon. Thank you. Paragon, ladies and gentlemen, what an interview. I, I love the guy, man. I think that uh, I think that ranks him as one of our best. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, anyway. Uh, so, now the Toilet Flesh guy is uh, attacking our show. Uh, because he can't attack Jordan's show. Isn't that nice? Lovely. I thought, I thought, yeah, I know. I thought we were done with the guy, but uh, I, I, I'm I, writing down the number that he calls in from. So, um, and, uh, wow, it's, um, it's, amiss- <laughs> it's amazing how uh, um, someone was kind of rooty there a little bit, Granny, but, uh, you know, I... Um, you, you you knew where I was going with that Harlem Heat question, didn't you? Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. So, uh, so we're just uh, we're just gonna wait here for our next guest here. Um, I'm just gonna check on something here real quick, and I think he might be on right now, but we'll check it out here. Let's see. Did you see? Did you see where Drew McIntyre has tested positive for COVID nineteen? Really, I I did not see that. Well, he did a little video at the beginning of Monday Night Raw tonight, saying that you know he um, he has no symptoms, but he said you know people he said this you know everybody stay safe you know wear your mask you know he said if I can get it. Anybody can get this, and so he says, just everyone stay safe and wear your mask and social distance. And he says, I'll be back soon. And but you know, he but he said that he has no symptoms, you know, as of right now. But I guess he tested positive for COVID nineteen. He said. Well, I I don't want to wish anybody ill will, but he can take his time coming back. We're not going to miss him. Let's see if this is our guest here. Hold on a second. Five one eight. Go ahead. You're on with us. Hello. You go ahead. Who's this? Okay, come on. Really seriously? I don't know who you uh, are person, but you know, you're you're being very unprofessional and you're being very rude to this podcast and you have no business calling in and flushing a toilet on anybody's podcast. I don't care whose it is. Yeah. So, and the 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 numbers keep changing. So uh, that's why I don't know. I mean, he had the same number as Big Swing. So um, anyway, we're waiting for our our, our next guest. Yeah, so be so so I'm 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 uh, I'm catching the tail end of this as I'm 
coming off of the commercial break here. What what the hell just happened? We got the toilet, the toilet flush, flush guy, guy is back. He called oh. in when we were interviewing Paragon. He says, "Oh, Paragon, I love you," and then flushed the toilet. And then oh. he just called in just a few minutes ago and said something and flushed the toilet again. Twice. Got you twice. <clears throat> well, um, I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to try uh, calling our guest here and see. Uh, um, you, you want me to call from the number here? I got a couple, three minutes. I can try dialing it in right from the switchboard here. That, that, uh, that way right. you won't have to do like a double kind of call, a double call from uh, from your phone. Um, do you, you want me uh, just text me over the number? I'll uh, I'll type it yeah, right into okay. the switchboard. Right. I, I got to make sure I get the right number here. Hold on a second. Because he did he did confirm uh, a couple times. So let me see here. Let me make sure I got the right number. But anyways, guys. Um, so I thought. No, I thought. I thought. That the toilet flush guy was associated with a particular other podcaster, um, of who we haven't mentioned on this show in quite some time. But uh, obviously, some big news about them this week. Uh, I don't know why, kind of, you've mentioned it already, but you can. Um, but I, apparently, they well, are yeah, an independent had, entity. Uh, then. Yeah, we had a we had a uh, we had uh, one of his fans and our fans call in. He listens to both our shows and. Uh, he was, uh, you know, pretty uh, emotional, and uh, you know, it's like I was mentioning before that uh, people don't realize that uh, the tips that Jordan and I had going back and forth were, was all a storyline. We had uh, we had the thing that we were going to do later on this year. Uh, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make the, I'm gonna make the call right now. All right. Kind of like an invasion angle thing, but uh, hopefully they answer. I hope so. (coughs) Do they know our number? Yeah, yeah. This is live radio. Sometimes this happens. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of being live. Well, you know, uh, we got we got to call our. Our third guest as well. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you over that uh, that number as well. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's ringing. There's no voicemail. I mean, it's just keeping going here. We're just, uh, we're just letting it run. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll take your third guest number. Hey, we got well, a four one. We got a four one three number on Icon. Is that somebody uh, we're looking for? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, uh, you want to put them on and see who it is? Yeah, yeah. If it's toilet flush guy, that would also that would one be hilarious oh, and I'll two. Oh, I'll send you the number of the next guest is to call. Yeah, four one three, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that. Okay, that was, uh... seriously, I tell you. <laughs> I, I Granny Holster's ready to put this person in a serious headlock if they don't stop. Yeah, it's um, I mean it's it's, it's getting definitely, very uh, very and unver- very unprofessional on whoever it, is doing this. I know you well, all think here's, it's funny. Here's the funny I know thing, guys. whoever is doing here's this the funny thing. think it's funny. Let's talk about what's funny. Well, here here's what's funny. The number that called in, they didn't see normally 
the toilet flush guy would call in from the 111 number, the, the, the Skype number or the online number. This time they called in from an actual phone number with a 413 area code. Well, they uh, called which I, with, which with I have a 518 area code and a 517 area code just a few minutes ago. Hmm. I see. Well, all of these numbers I have documented here because I have the whole list of screen calls. So uh, I am writing them on the men's bathroom stall at the club here. So, um, you know, for a good time, call this number. So I'm just keep racking them up. You might, you might end up getting, you might end up getting some phone calls, uh, you know, so well, that, that's know, fine. Uh, Every time it's a real number, I just write for a good time, call this number. And I've got five or six of them already stacked up. So, well, you know, I don't know if you, um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Roadhouse. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had a guest. Yeah, we had a guest from the, if you guys remember her, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, there was a, there was a, someone who wrote a thing on the wall for a great uh, da, 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 call this number, and he changed it from that word to a, for a great Buick call. So. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> so, uh Real quick story here. As long as we're waiting for our, our guest that's not calling in, uh, then we'll get our we'll call our next guest early. But because he's a legend, and I'm sure he has some a lot of stories. But um, we had to do a uh, we had to do a thing in art class when I was in eighth grade, and we had to do like a a, a brick wall with a graffiti on it, and I put uh, for a great Buick call, and uh, my uh, teacher says, w- "What does this mean? Have a great Buick?" I said, "Watch Roadhouse." Then the next day he came and said, "Oh, I get it. Oh, well, thanks." Would you like uh, me to try calling the seven seven four first before we try the eight one three? Try him again. Or uh, no? Well, I'll tell you what. what we're going to call the eight one. We'll call the eight one three at ten o'clock. At ten o'clock? Uh, well, eleven yeah. o'clock. That's that's ten o'clock yeah, your time. Seven, yeah, seven minutes from now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to just let everybody know a little bit here uh, about uh, some things coming up on the show. All right, do uh, it. You know, uh, everybody thinks that, uh, you know, uh, we're probably thinking that we're going to have a big uh, uh, year, uh, a year coming out show the first part of uh, the year for our first show, but that's not the case. Our actual anniversary is the Monday after WrestleMania. So that's when uh, we're going to uh, have a big coming out launching party. And I also want to let everybody know we got guest booked from now until 2022. Uh, 2021 is now filled up, and 2022 is starting to be booked right now. So uh, there's people that uh, want to be on the show. Uh, they don't care when they get on. Uh, I, under, I I told them that, you know, we're booked until 2022. Is that okay? And they said, fine, put us down. Uh, and here's the thing, though, since they've been on, since they've been booked that far away, they'll have plenty of time to set their schedule for what we need to do. So, you know, and I just want to let everybody know that uh, uh, we're going to have uh, wrestling legends coming up. We're going to have uh, some more adult entertainers coming on. Uh, as a matter of fact, some are world famous, uh, and uh, we want to thank. Uh, some of our past adult entertainers that uh, have here, here, I'm going to tell you this one adult entertainer we got coming on. Uh, she uh, was played our show 
uh, with her interview, uh, and she says, uh, geez, you think they let me on? And then uh, uh, apparently uh, she, uh, the individual called me and said, hey, would you like this person on? I said, yeah, give her my number. We'll call. Yeah, we'll get her on. No problem. And uh, so uh, I'll, let, I'll give everybody a hint. She's probably one of the most world-famous entertainers in the whole history of the Buddy Ranch. And she's going to be on with us, so that should be fun. Um, and uh, we got uh, Wrestling Legends coming on. Uh, we got just a whole potpourri of people. And uh, we even got, uh, as a little tease here, uh, we even got uh, people coming on that have had uh, issues with Eric Bischoff in the past. Uh, and uh, uh, this particular individual likes to write wrestling stories and is starting to write about us on his newsletter. So we're going to have him on as well. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, All eyes are coming on us uh, in the coming months and years. We're not going anywhere. COVID hasn't slowed us down. It's not going to, just so everybody knows. And I quote uh, Jim Ross on his podcast, uh, Grilling JR, he uh, he had a great little uh, speech. I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit. To everybody, please wear a mask. Uh, the the only the life you might save is yours, uh, family members. Wear a mask. It's not a political thing. It's not a taking away your rights thing. It's not taking away your freedom thing. It's protecting people until we can get rid of COVID. That's what it is. So wear a mask, please. You guys concur with me? I do. <laughs> I'm very serious about it. This is no you know, joke. And you know, and I'm sure that big swing, you know, um, is, uh, you know, he works in clubs, so I'm sure that uh, he knows about people wearing masks. <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you can hear me right now. He may be muted, but um, uh, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to try and call our next guest uh, and see if he's ready to come on with us. Um, Let's see if I can work this here. I'm going to type this number in and see if I can. So I'm going to give him a shout right now, the 813. And uh, please, if you want to call and flush the toilet, Call somebody else's show. Don't call us. Thank you. This public service announcement is brought to you by the ICA. How are you? Praise God, I'm alive and well. Well, that's good. Hey, I'm going to introduce you. You ready to go on with us? Ready, Teddy. All right, here we go. I'm going to I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to bring you on, and I'm going to introduce you. Okay, here we go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, probably the most legendary wrestler in the history of wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the big man on campus. He is the living legend, and we're calling him Lady Knight, 
Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Bugsy McGraw. This is Bugsy McGraw, yes. And I'm live on the Attitude Era Live. Ooh, ooh, I can't wait. What a show we're going to have tonight. Praise God. And we got two hosts here. Hosts, the big icon. Yeah, the, yeah, the big swing. And then we got the other one, too. Granny, Granny, don't touch my fanny huckster. Yes. Talk about hey, Bugsy, it. How, how are you, buddy? I tell you what, I'm, I'm doing fine. I got the Lord on my side. I will not fear. Praise God. Well, you know, I know that uh, I said that we're going to have you on at, uh, you know, we're going to have you on a little uh, later. But uh, since uh, I know that you got a lot of stories, we got a lot of airtime we can fill. We might even go a little overtime. I know it's late out there in Florida, but uh, we're going to have some fun with you. Uh, What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions and Granny and then maybe Big Swing will be back on. But uh, but first, before we do that, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we can talk to you. Some background. You want background? Yeah, whatever you oh. want to tell us about yourself. <laughs> well, that's, that's a big subject. That's a wide subject. That's a deep subject. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when, you know, I started, uh, well, the best thing I could start out with, you know, I started back there. In, uh, in 1968, there, in Detroit, yeah, for the Sheik, yeah, the original Sheik. That was Eddie Farhat, yeah, and he had a territory up there uh, which included Michigan and Ohio, and then, you know, uh, uh, yeah, well, I went on from there, don't you know? Yeah, you know. And after that, I went to Calgary, then to Florida, then, you know, Georgia, and then uh, Omaha, then Amarillo, then to to San Francisco, and on it goes. Yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, there's just a a lot of things here I could talk about. And, uh, but, you know, learning learning your trade or your craft is really important. So, you know, I, you know, I tried to learn as, much as I could wherever I went and that you know that was what I was up to and then I went overseas a lot too I was in Japan I think roughly roughly four or five times then New Zealand then Australia we went to Hong Kong we went to Singapore you know that type of thing you know so um, and then you know back all in the states. I was in New York. I was in Vancouver, um, British Columbia. I was there for several years. I was, you know, I was the top one there for, yeah, for two years. On and on and on. I went to New York. We sold out the garden. I wrestled Bruno San Martino, and uh, on and on. And you know, and also at the same time, I was working out heavy, you know, with the weights and, uh, you know, with the bench press. That's what uh, that's what I really excelled at. And I was able to get up there with, uh, you know, uh, like like in the top the top five or six in the world in the bench press. And uh, so. What else you want to know? <laughs> well, uh, Bugsy McGraw is our guest here. We have uh, 
46 minutes here. We'll probably go a little longer. Like I said, I don't want to take uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time because uh, I know it's late. But uh, hopefully, you'll be able to uh, stay with us as long as you can until uh, you know you got to go to sleep. But uh, you know, real quick, uh, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. And we'll switch it over to Grandin and make swing if he's back. But um, you know, uh, my grandfather was a big fan of yours when you were known as the Skull. The Skull. That was. Uh... That was in Oregon. Yeah, uh, that's where my uh, my grandfather told me about you uh, when I was a kid. He told me about his favorite wrestler, the Skull, and uh, that, of course, was you. And uh, you know, we lost uh, my grandfather. Uh, I don't know, maybe fifteen, sixteen years ago now. Um, yeah. And uh, I know that uh, he'd be jealous right now because his grandson was talking to his hero. So that was kind of, that's kind of cool. And, where do you live in Oregon? Yeah. So where did he live in Oregon? Uh, no, he didn't live in Oregon. He lived in North Dakota, but uh, he used oh. to uh, watch you. Oh, he used to watch you. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you uh, also uh, uh, you used to wrestle my hero quite a little bit? Uh, uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the most recognizable athlete next to Muhammad Ali. Uh, did you have some memorable battles with uh, Dusty Rhodes? Uh, yeah, Dusty Rhodes. I um, well, actually, you know what? When when we were like breaking into professional wrestling, I first met the Dream up there in Detroit. You know, back in 1968, and uh, yeah, the Sheik was using him too. The Sheik was using him. He was using me. He was using uh, Von Rasky. You know, the Baron. And, yeah, we got uh, him on. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, just a lot of guys like that, and um, I didn't see, I didn't see. Uh, did you also deal with the Funks too? What's that? Did you also deal with Terry Funk and Dory Funk as well? I I was in Amarillo for a little while. Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, you know, they had uh, when I, you know, I wasn't. I I really wasn't there that. Long, but you know, I uh, for a few months, you know, like uh, you know, the trips were long and uh, money was a little short. You know, <laughs> I I decided to move on. I needed to, you know, I want to save some money. You know, I want to eat and and I want to save some money. Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. Bucky uh, McGraw is our guest here, uh, and uh, I'm just not—I'm not even going to give a countdown because uh, we're going to keep him as long as uh, he uh, can tolerate us. Uh, you know, as back in the day, how they used to say, "As long as you can uh, handle the potatoes we're laying down on you." Uh, yeah. We're going to throw it over to Granny. Granny, go ahead. We got the living legend Bugsy McGraw, and then uh, Bugsy, yeah, we'll we'll get to your book too. That'll be on the second half of the interview. But go ahead, Granny. What do you got for our guest, Bugsy McGraw? Go ahead. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to have you on our show, sir. I mean, being the big wrestling fan that I have been for many, many, many years, I mean, I I love this sport, and it's just an honor and a pleasure to be able to talk to you and have you on our podcast tonight. So uh, I've been a fan as long as I can remember. I mean, I've met some big-time, many big-time names over the years, and it just – you know, 
I don't like the heels. I like the matter of fact, I can talk pretty good smack to the heels when I have to. That's at the independent shows that I go to a lot, you know, and I've been told that I do that very, very well. So, but I guess one of my questions to you is, um, who was one opponent that you would have liked to have the opportunity to get to wrestle, but maybe you didn't for whatever reason? Who would that be, and why would you have wanted to face them in a match if you had that opportunity? Now, that, now you know, now, now there you go, young lady. That, I was never asked that before, you know. That's an interesting question, you know. Now you're telling Mm, now I got really. Who would I like to have wrestled, but I didn't? Well, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think here because you know, I, I mean, I wrestled a lot of guys. I know you wrestled a many big names over the years. Yeah. I know. <laughs> now, now, Bugsy, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Oh, loaded. <laughs> yeah, it's like the loaded, you know, the loaded the fries at Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, or uh, the lo- or like Dusty Rhodes' loaded elbow pad from back in the day. Yeah, you know, I guess uh, maybe I might say um, one guy. Hmm, you dick the bruiser. I'll just say that. I never wrestled him. Oh, that's him. a good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah, he was. He, uh, you know, I mean, he was, you know, for a while because. I, yeah, when I grew up, I was a wrestling fan, you know, and and I used to watch him, you know, and um, uh, when I was watching him, he was really, really exciting, you know. What I mean, I mean, when I mean he could, I mean he could draw a crowd, and he could, I mean he could really entertain you because he, well, uh, yeah. So he was a tough guy, you know. I mean, he was a real deal too. Mm-hmm. He went. Uh, he went. Uh, he went to over. He went to over four colleges, and every time they went, uh, yeah, they kicked him out because he was always in fights, and he played football, you know, and uh, and he went. Uh, he well, he played professional football, yeah, for Green Bay, and he was all pro too. So you know, I mean, that's an interesting individual right there, but you know. Later on, when I was really wrestling, he wasn't, you know, he, he uh, actually he wasn't the same man. He wasn't that active in the ring anymore and all of that. So, but yeah, that's one guy that, uh, you know, now that I think about it, I kind of wish I had a chance to wrestle him, but it, you know, it just didn't work out. That's a good choice. Yeah. Um, Marcy McGraw is our guest here. Uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to give a time to you. We're going to, uh, I'll tell you what, Bugsy, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to keep you on uh, until they kick us off the air, which will probably be another 40, 45 minutes if you can hang on with us. Because, uh, like yeah. I say, I know you got a lot of stories, and uh, I promise you we're going to talk about your book, but we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, you know, one thing, Bugsy, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know, you, uh, you did wrestle Andre the Giant, correct? And what was it like being in the ring with him? Uh, Andre, yeah, that's, that's, uh, now there's some stories right there. Let me tell you a story about Andre first. The first time I met Andre was 1972. It was in Japan. 
but we were not working. We weren't working for the same company, and uh, uh, I, I was working for for All Japan, and he was working for New Japan. But in our in our group, uh, one of the other guys there was Joe LaDuke, and he and I were friends. And Joe Joe LaDuke was a friend of Andre the Giant, so. Joe said, uh, you know, uh, he said, I'm, I'm going to drop over to see Andre all at the other hotel. Would you like to come? I said, yeah, yeah, I'd like to meet him. Okay, this is 1972. So um, we went over there, and Andre the Giant, you know, he was seven foot tall. You know, they always – no, at the time I was 6'4". four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I shrunk a little bit, you know. I, you know, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, after a few years, you kind of, you know, you kind of settle down on it. But anyway, we went over there. He was seven foot tall. You know, they always said, uh, they always called, they always said he was, that he was a seven foot four, but he was actually only seven foot. And so we go over there, and there he is. Yes, a seven foot tall. He would. 295, 295, right? I mean, he's he's not, I wouldn't say he was, I wouldn't say he was really thin, but uh, he was on the thin side. You know, I, you know, he wasn't really, you know, huge. And so when I saw him again, I saw him again in New York, working for Vince McMahon Sr., and uh, by that time, he had he had increased his weight up to six hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, so there was a big change. You know what I mean? That Are you there? Was, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you. Just, I mean, just being standing next to uh, Andre the Giant had to have been uh, just something. You know. Um, and, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'll tell you what. Here's what you know, and I, I keep talking about the book because I know you want to talk about the book, and we're going to talk about the book. I just, I just have, uh, I, I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but uh, like I say, I, I, you're a living legend, and you're, you know, uh, I'm a fan, and uh, you know, I know Granny's a fan, but you know, I just want to ask you a few questions about a few other guys, and then we'll start talking about your book. But uh, now. Um, you uh, also uh, uh, got uh, had probably one of the more memorable, memorable feels with uh, Bruiser Brody, correct? Uh, you know, we had his wife on with us a year ago. Uh, what was uh, what was your experience with Bruiser Brody? Uh, well, really and truly, I, I I I was not around him that much at all. Really, I I think I wrestled him once. You know, uh, he was. Um, um, hmm. as I believe it's in the book. Did you read the book? I don't know if you read uh, the book. I, 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 I'm, I'm starting to read the book. Yes. Oh, you're starting to read. Well, it's good to, well, it's good to know that you can read, but anyway, I, I, well, I know I'm, I'm from North Dakota. I was trying to try, I was trying to get a book <laughs> on tape, but they don't make it yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bruiser Brody, you know, I mean, I was like, um, you know what happened to him when he went to Puerto Rico. You know he was killed over there. You know, 
Yeah, I know that was a bad deal. Uh, you know, we talked to his wife about that, and uh, do you? Uh, I don't know if you want to comment on it, but uh, do you uh, do you feel that uh, it uh, was uh, uh, it was foul play, or do you think it was self defense? If you want to, if you can comment, I'll understand if you don't want to, but. Uh, no, I mean uh, because I think it, because I think it's in the book some about when I talked about Bruiser Brody. Um, uh, whether you know Bruiser Brody was, uh, as far as I was concerned, was not very congenial. He wasn't, you know, he he, you know, he uh, he was very very sarcastic. He, he he could be very uh, rude to you with his words, and when he got killed, I'll be honest with you. Now, see, I I cannot condone murder. That that's absolutely wrong. But you know what? When you talk to people, and, and you know, you're always rude, and you're always condescending, and you're always belligerent. Well, sooner or later, you go to pay a price, and he did. And that's the way I look at it. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, that's all, you know, I, I mean, there's been many stories over the years about, uh, you know, like Dark Side of the Ring about what happened to him. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, his wife, uh, uh, Bar- uh, Barbara Goodish, was, was very nice to us. And uh, she's a very sweet lady. I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet her, but uh, yeah, yeah. She, was so sweet. she was so sweet to us. You know, it's just like night and day between the two of them, really. Um, and I'm going to ask you one more question about one other guy, and then we're going to start talking about the book because, uh, you know, I uh, I really want to uh, talk about the book. But uh, now you uh, – and I saw this episode. Uh, now, can you uh, – do you remember what happened June 18th, 2009? June 18th? 2009, yeah. 2000, June 18th. Uh... 2009. I thought, uh, no, uh, I can't say for sure. Probably, uh, well, you know, I was uh, back there in 09. I was working for, uh, um, I guess, a TNA for a while. Right, yeah. That was the day that you were announced as uh, Mick Foley's head of security. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so Mick Foley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, I went. I remember that one now. Now that you say, it, yeah, because I yeah I worked for them for roughly um, maybe a little over three months. It wasn't that long because uh, they were they were having financial problems and all of that too. You know. Did you Did you have a chance to meet Mr. Sacco? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Cactus Jack and all of that. Yeah, you know. Well, Mick, you know. He's uh you know he's very congenial. He's a nice man. He's uh, I mean he's easy to talk to and he, you know he doesn't have an ego problem and uh, yeah he's all right. You know I, I never wrestled him but you know I never was in the ring with him but uh, yeah you know he was uh, obviously you know he had a lot of success and so you know that's hard to knock. You know what I mean. Well, you know, the thing about uh, Mick Foley is both me and uh, Big Swing were at an event uh, with Mick Foley. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, uh, when I was in high school, uh, you know, people, uh, 
you know, told me I look like him. And I, uh, uh, I, I thought it was kind of cool until Mick Foley actually said that, Hey, you know what? You look like me. And I'm like, well, Hey, I, I like the comparison now, but, uh, that's awesome. So, okay. Now let's, uh, we got, um, we got Bugs McGraw here. Uh, we, we're going to have a little time here. Uh, we're going to talk about the book. Uh, you wrote a book, and most people say that wrestlers can't read and write, but you've uh, definitely uh, taken care of that myth. Uh, tell us about uh, tell us about the name of your book, and we're going to ask you some questions about the book, and uh, we'll uh, have some fun with that. So tell us about the book. Yeah. The book is called Brute Power. That's what it's called, and, uh, you know, you'll see, well, obviously on the on the cover, you'll see you'll see a photograph of me. I, I think I was at that time. I probably my age at that time. I that the photograph I think was from uh, when I was in San Francisco, and then on the back cover you see another photograph that was from Florida. Uh, but yeah, you know, I just uh, I talked in the book about you know all the all the experiences. I had on the road, and there were a bunch of them, you know, and um, I was just truthful about everything, you know what I mean? I mean, who I liked and who, and who, and who I thought were, you know, like uh, the, you know, like the rear end of a jackass, you know what I mean? So um, that's the way, I, you know, that's the way I look at it, you know, if, if I liked the guy or he had talent, I would say so. And if I thought, you know, he wasn't, you know, uh, he wasn't that great, I would also say that too. And, so I wasn't afraid uh, to know, talk about whoever. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I, I, we want people to uh, buy the book. Uh, we don't give away too much stuff, but uh, we want to kind of get people to dig into the pages a little bit. Um, and, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we have uh, Bugs McGraw here. Uh, we have, uh, well, we have about 30 minutes left of regular time, maybe a little overtime. But uh, so, you know, on the uh, on the picture uh, of the cover, we'll start with that. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, you were one big dude, and you still are a big dude, except you said you, you, you shrunk about four inches. Uh, I mean, wow. Uh, did, you, um, did you provide the picture or – uh, did uh, someone find that picture of you and say, "Hey, you should use this one or use that one"? Or uh... oh, no, no, I had you know I had the photographs, you know, I you know I supplied the pictures and then you know uh, you know I had a man help me write the book too. I guess Ian Douglas, and you know he did a great job too. And uh, like uh, you know I've you know I can honestly say I mean. When people come up to me and say, you know, I've read your book. I thought it was the, one of the greatest wrestling books I've ever read in my life, and on and on and on. I mean, I've got a actually, I've got a lot of compliments on this book, you know, you know. So, you know, I'm very happy about that. You know, you know, they like the stories, and and also it was well written too. You know. Well, you know, it was also a, uh, you know, a finalist for the 2019 Best Pro Wrestling <clears throat> Book of the Year uh, in 2019. Uh, you know, yeah. and I'm not to say this because you're on, but I thought you should have won that award, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, actually, too, uh, now that you bring that up, I've heard that from other people, too. You know, they they say, yeah, you you really should have, 
you know, your your book should have should have have won that award. You know, they say they yeah they say exactly what you say yeah. Uh, well, when did you uh, when did you first uh, come up with the idea of the book? Uh, did someone uh, ask you to write the book, or uh, uh, let's start with let's start with that? Yeah, well, yeah, they did. You know, I mean, I wanted, uh, you know, it, like I wanted to write the book. You know what? And um, and and you know, I told some people that I wanted to write a book, and and if they could, if they could help me, or 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 if they could direct me to to whoever could help me. Uh, so. Um, then, you know, I mean, I didn't really, you know, I didn't pursue it all that heavily at first. And then I got a phone call and, uh, you know, I answered the phone and they told me, you know, and they, if I was interested in uh, so having this written, you know, uh, yeah, my book. And I said, yeah. So, you know, I had to spend... Um, I spent a lot of time every week. We spent maybe uh, yeah, several times a week. We would talk on the phone, and for you know, for a week, we would be talking between three to four hours a week, you know, on the book. And they take notes. It was Ian that you know uh, that helped me write the book, and so he'd take notes. And we did that for over six months, uh, you know, with. Uh, then he said, you know, okay, uh, I believe I have enough yeah, yeah, material to write this book. So he did. And then uh, we went ahead with it. And also in the book, you'll see, uh, yeah, there's a lot of photographs in the book. There's roughly, in the book itself, there's roughly 50 photographs. So, you know, I mean, it's the real deal. You'll see, you'll see all kinds of photographs in there, yeah. Well, uh, and then uh, when you um, when you uh, sat down and started writing the book, uh, now did uh, and then uh, you got the I, I don't know the first draft or whatever you want to call it, uh, and then you like you looked it over. Did uh, was it like man they didn't even put all the good stuff in there, or did you uh, find that they they put too much stuff in there, or how would you uh, how would you characterize that? Uh, yeah, you know, overall, I'd say, uh, you know, I, overall, I didn't have any problems. I only changed a few things when, when they, uh, you know, they were writing about other individuals that, you know, that they had, they, they had an opinion on that I didn't have the same opinion on, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, like the original sheep. Because I thought he was one of the greatest, and because I saw him when I was growing up, and this guy was—I mean, this was uh, the Sheik back then was a money maker. Oh boy, I mean, this—I mean, he—I mean, he could cause a riot all in seconds. You know, he was like—he was a hot ticket. You know, I mean, he was something like you know, roughly like, but not in. But not on the same vein, roughly like the Bruiser, you know. I mean, the Bruiser, you know. I mean, yeah, he was really exciting. Well, you had the Sheik too. I mean, he was really exciting. Then he had the valet, you know. 
the woman valet, but that was uh, that was his uh, wife, you know that <laughs> Joyce. That was her name. Yeah, but yeah, he drew money all over. I mean, he drew. He was like um, he was like a hot item in Japan too. I don't know if you know, or uh, when he was in Japan, like he switched offices. And he went from, uh, I think, from uh, all Japan to, um, yeah, New Japan. And he, he, I mean, he was uh, he was such a hot item that the office that he left. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a true story. This is like they put a contract out of him. They wanted to kill him because he, I mean, he could draw money. You know what I mean? And uh, they never had a chance to kill, you know, uh, you know, so, but they never killed him, you know what I mean? Uh, Well, how many pages is the book? Just a little over 300. And um, now you, um, when, uh, you know, you, uh, you mentioned, you know, it took you over six months to, uh, to write the book. And this may sound like a redundant question, but uh, as you were, as you guys were putting the book together, did they say, uh, "Well, geez, you know, you got, uh, you know, you got a little too much stuff here"? Uh, was that the case, or did they like, "Well, you need more"? How did that come about? Oh no, I actually, you know, actually, now, now, you know, I, you know, after, you know, because we were on the phone off and on for, were. Well over six months, and then you know they had to take the time to write the book, so that was another three to four to five months, and then had to get it uh, you published. Uh, but when, because you know, like if you're on the road back then, I mean, it 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 was a very unusual life. I mean. Professional wrestling back then was not something that you would do if you really didn't like it, because it could be really demanding. You know what I mean? And right. it would take up your time and your energy, and you know, it really helped to stay in shape. And I was always in great shape because I was working out all the time, and I was, you know, like I say, with uh, what a working out with the weights, you know, that I really, really excelled all in the bench press. And I was, you know, like I was in the top, you know, the, uh, the top five or six in the world. So, uh, you know, that type of thing. And you're always on the road, you're driving, you're either, you're, you know, you're, uh, you're either in a car or, or, or you're, or you're flying somewhere or, whatever it is, and, you know, it would all depend on the territory, too, because you could be working every night, you know, night after night after night, you know, so it could it could take uh, all a real toll on you, too, but, uh, but like I say, you would have to like it, otherwise you would, you would eventually quit, because it, 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 it would take a toll on your time, and your body, and your energy, and your family, if you had a family, on and on and on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there were some things actually that I want, that I forgot, you know, that I had, that I forgot. And I, I wish I had a chance to, uh, to have those in the book, but 
So, you know, <laughs> actually, it would have been longer. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, we have uh, Bugs McGraw as our guest here. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Granny, uh, why don't we uh, bring you back in here? Uh, you, uh, why don't you uh, ask some questions about the book, and that way I can uh, take a uh, – I got to step away for a little bit, so I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take it for a little bit. Go ahead, Granny, what do you got? Okay, well, it, your book sounds absolutely amazing, and I love the stories you've been sharing. What was one of your most favorite stories that you talked about in your book? Or one of your most, you know, enjoyable stories? Um, well, there's got to be a few of them, you know. It's like, uh, oh, could go when I was up in British Columbia, you know. I did very, very well up there. I mean, I was like, I got over like really big, you know, really, really mm-hmm. big. I'm there, mm-hmm. I, I, was there for, I was there for two years in a row. And I, I was like hot, you know, I mean, really hot. And, uh, you know, I drew money every, uh, so, uh, so everywhere I went, you know, for them. And, uh, so here's something, you know, like our show, the wrestling show, our show happened to go all the way across the Canada. So, uh, yell on the TV, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then. So they did. They did a survey to see who who was the most popular on the television at that time. Well, I, I don't know if you recall a show back then in the seventies. Was called it was called the Y Five O. Oh yes, book a and, demo. Yeah, where, we could, where, where we could book a demo. Yes, and and the most popular man on that show. Was uh, Jack Lord, mm-hmm. and, and and then the and then the second most popular on uh, was myself. Ah, yeah, I was number two. You know when when you know the most recognizable star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was number mm-hmm. two. You know uh, because this show went all the way across the Canada. Yeah. So when they uh, when they did that survey, I was number two, and Jack Lord was number one. That's awesome. And then, uh, uh, what can I say too? And wrestling, uh, <laughs> Bruno Sammartino in uh, Madison Square uh, Garden. You know, uh, I went in there and. And it was amazing because um, I had heard a lot about Bruno, you know. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, I heard a lot about him. I, you know, like he was really, really in shape. He was in excellent shape. And he could do this. He could do that. And uh, <laughs> so I was, you know, I was, I just wanted to show him, you know, that I was in shape too. So I just, I was going to. You had to make him pay a price when we got in the ring. <laughs> we get in the ring and we start out. I mean, we went for it. I mean, this guy was, you know, he was in shape. And I, and I took the fight to him. And we went for it. I mean, up and down, all around, bang, bang, up. I mean, we just didn't stop. And all of a sudden, you know, we ended up in, you know, in separate corners. He's in one corner. 
he's jumping up and down, you know, he's, 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 uh, prancing around. I'm in the other corner on my knees and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you son of a bitch, <laughs> you're, you're dancing around and I'm on my knees. So I got up and I charged him and we went at it again. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a pleasure to work with him because he was, um, you know, I mean, he was, uh, well, well, obviously he knew how to work, you know, and he was, and he was just, and he wasn't afraid of anything, you know, I mean, he, you know, uh, he wasn't afraid to take some, uh, yeah, some bumps, even though he was, you know, uh, he was the world's uh, champion. And I mean, I was on him. I mean, I stayed on him, you know I mean? It's like, but he stayed right up with me, you know, cause I would, I was impressed with him a lot. Yeah. And then later on, he, while I was in New York, you know, he tried to help me out. He was a good man. That yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he helped me out. He got me more money and everything else, you know, I mean, so, you know, I had, I had a lot of respect for him. Yeah. He was a good man. Uh, our guest here. We got, um, well, we got about uh, well, we got about twenty three minutes here because, like I say, you're full of stories, and you know, unfortunately, we don't have a we don't have, have enough time to uh, get to all of them. But uh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to a few more, and uh, you know, if you want to uh, if you want to read uh, more in depth uh, stuff on uh, uh, Bugsy, uh, you have to buy the book. So uh, real quick here, let's pause. Uh, pause. Uh, tell people how they can get the book. Uh, book, you know, they can go, uh, it's on Amazon. It's also, uh, there's another site, it's called Wow. Tabia, oh, Tabia. Wow. Oh, there's another site, you know. And, um, that's one way. And then also, too, uh, I, I don't know how many people know, but, yeah, we sold a few of them. I had, see, I had, I had saved up uh, so much material through the years that when they wrote my book, they decided to do a second book. Now this was a scrapbook, and like it's got over over 500 uh, you know articles and photographs and some news clippings and all in programs. So really, what it has is a history of professional wrestling from. From 1968 through um, 1983, and so you can buy that one too. It's, uh, but you know, I mean, it's got, it's got. I mean, oh, it has some things in there that you can't find anywhere else in the world. I mean, if you wanted to get the scrapbook, it's big too. You know, I mean, it's, you could, if you have an interest all in the history of professional wrestling, you could buy that one too. Now, uh, now, um, with the, uh, with the, um, with the scrapbook, uh, you provided all those pictures as well, correct? Yeah, it was all my stuff. I, you know, all the news clippings, the photographs and the programs too, you know, the programs and, uh, and the clippings and, uh, the articles and, you know, just from all over the world, you know, I mean, wherever I went, you know, from, 
New York to San Francisco to Vancouver to Oregon to Florida to Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore. Yeah, you know, just from everywhere. You know, I mean, you go to see, I mean, you go to see some things that you can't, you know, that you can't find anywhere else because those, a lot of a lot of those things I saved, right? So. No one else had them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious now. You know, you had all these photos and articles and everything. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, do you have like, uh, do you have like the ultimate wrestling man cave in your basement, or do you got stuff all over your house, or uh, uh, where do you keep all this stuff? Well, I, you know, I got the original when I I made actually. I made the scrapbooks. I, I see the one you can buy. Uh, the one you can buy right now is well, is a combination of of the three that I have because I have three of them. And and to put this, so I wanted to do this. I wanted to to have my scrapbooks, and I want them. And I wanted to have them right, and I want them, and I wanted them, you know, to look good and to be all, all in order. So I hired an artist to help me do it, and he helped me to, you know, to put them together. And they're big, you know, and I've got and I've got the three of them. And so out of those uh, three, you know, we uh, yeah we made. Uh, the one that we sell now, you know, yeah. So yeah, it's got it's just got a lot of material in there. I mean, a lot. So if you had to, you know, with all with all the memorabilia and all the memories and everything, what would you say uh, is your favorite uh, photo or favorite article that you have put in there? If you can narrow it down, I know that would be tough, but uh, what would you say? Uh, how would you answer that? Oh boy, I, that's that's my favorite photo article. I don't know. I I really I don't know. I mean, it's just there's. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I've got with the scrapbook. There's over. I mean, there's there's over 500 of the photos and the news clippings and the articles and the programs. Man, yeah, there's over. You know, there's over. There's over 500 of them, you know. So, so are I these, uh, are these are these photos with you and other wrestlers, or are they just photos from events, or uh, and articles from events, or uh, or just photos that you take in other wrestlers, or what? No, no, they they were photos that were taken of me, usually in you know, uh, oh, when I was in the ring with whoever I was wrestling, or you know so forth and so on. Uh, and then the news, the clippings that were in, what you know, what whatever city we were in and, the, you know, with the newspapers. And then also, you know, I showed the programs, you know, like out of, out of Detroit, you know, because uh, we used to wrestle at uh, Yacobo Hall, New York, you know, the garden, you know, I show the, I show the programs there. Yeah, from San Francisco, from you know Japan, um, 
uh, yeah, from Florida, from all over Florida. You know, I, all I have the programs and I show, you know, it, it it would show the whole card and who I wrestled and on and on and on. You know, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it's something, you know, I mean, you know, like I say, you know, not uh, just to, uh, yeah, repeat myself all the time, but it's something that you can't find anywhere else. You know, as you're as you're like looking at these pictures and putting uh, putting them in this this scrapbook that's for sale now, uh, are you were you like going through? It's like, well, yeah, this was taken at this event, and I was wrestling this guy on this day. Uh, uh, was that basically what it was? Kind of like a trip down memory lane. Well, you could say that. You know, I you know the uh, the main thing is I went through it. You know, year by year. So that's the way. That's the way I separated everything. So, uh, you know, I started out, say, in, in 1968, and then I, you know, with all, all the material I had for 1968, then on to 1969, and then on to 1970, and then, you know, and then I show, you know, I, I list all the places that I went and, uh, I guess, so forth and so on. So, you know... Like if I was in a place like for I was in Florida for three years, so you know like from uh, from Florida I have a lot of material you know, and then other places where I was only there for six months I wouldn't have as much, but I just went year by year and and uh, uh, place by place, you know. Uh, for instance, I was in uh, yeah, Texas for about a year with the Von Ericks and. I have a lot of material from there. So, so was it was it hard uh, to remember what year was from what, or did you already have that organized? Uh, uh, no, that wasn't hard at all because you know, I mean, I knew where, you know, I mean, it was. Uh, e- I mean, even though it was, it it was some time after I retired, it it just wasn't hard, you know, because I, you know, I mean, you could tell you know, where whoever I wrestled there or the programs or the articles, you know, and, uh, that that part was not hard at all. So now, uh, so you had, you had three, you had three year scrapbooks and you combined them into um, uh, one that's uh, for sale. So uh, yeah. what is it, is it, is it like, is the name of, uh, I, you know, I, I do apologize if, uh, you said it, and I missed it. But what is what is the name? Is it, is it called Bugsy's Memories or Bugsy's Scrapbook or what is it called? Uh, oh, it's called the Scrapbook. Yeah. Oh, the Scrapbook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, you know, like you mentioned that uh, you know uh, you know stuff that you know you can't find anymore and stuff that people don't have. Uh, has anybody ever asked you if you want to you know if you like want to like put it in like a museum or? Uh, archive it or anything like that? Uh, a museum? No. There's certain things that, you know, well, you know, they had, um, they did a real good job for a while up there in um, in Amsterdam, New York, you know, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Right. And, and then, you know, that uh, they, they, um, uh, the man that ran that up there, uh, Tony Volano. 
right. he did an excellent uh, he did an excellent job up there and uh, yeah they were they were asking me all the time for some stuff to put in you know their museum in the all in the hall of fame uh but then it it moved down to um uh to wichita wichita um texas I think, yeah i think it was Wichita Falls, you know, yeah, Texas or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we've had, uh, we've had the, uh, I guess you could call him the curator, uh, as a guest on our show, and uh, we're gonna have him on again. Uh, uh, you know, he, uh, he has the Hall of Fame every once, you know, and I, you know, and people may, uh, and I, I may get a lot of uh, tweets and hate tweets on this and emails on this, but, uh, you know, the WWE Hall of Fame. To me, it's not really a Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, what they have down in Texas is more of a Hall of Fame than what the WWE does. I don't know what your feeling is on that, but what do you think? Well, you know, you've got, um, I don't know. I, you know, like, I'm, I, I have not been to the one in Texas. I know they took all the material out of, out of Amsterdam, New York, and um, they, um, and they and they took it down to Texas, uh, from what I you know, but you know, from what I've heard. But you know what I'm saying when it was in Amsterdam because I was up there twice, I believe, yeah. And you know, they did a real good job. I mean, uh, the way they handled the program, you know, uh, for every year. And from what I hear with uh, the one the one in Texas, you know. It's it's uh, you know it's essentially like just a one man show. He decides who's the you know he decides so who he has in or in the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't like you, you know, no matter you know what you accomplished, he won't uh, he wouldn't have you all in the Hall of Fame and you know that type of thing. Uh, I presume you're talking about uh, yeah Manziel or whatever his name is. Right, uh, Mantell. Johnny Mantell. Yeah, Mantell. yeah, Mantell. Right? Yeah, Mantell. Yeah. Now, uh, now, if well, let me ask you this: If uh, asked to to be, uh, at, well, and I don't, uh, I should know if you're in a Hall of Fame now or not. But uh, is is uh, getting into a wrestling Hall of Fame something that you want to do, or is that not something that you uh, really care about? Well, yeah, I mean, I you know. I, you know, from what I, you know, like I have individuals ask me, you know, other wrestlers, you know, they come up to me and say, how come you're not in the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, it's got, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, yeah, for certain, uh, for certain people, you know, they don't like me or, you know, that's what I've been told anyway. And like, you know, I mean, you know, like from what I accomplished on the road, there, there are very few wrestlers that have ever accomplished what I, what I accomplished on the road. You know, I mean, as I spent 20 years on the road, and you know, I had, and I wrestled in a lot of territories, and I sold out a lot of houses, and I had some great matches, and you know, I've been told by others, and and I knew for sure that you know I was, you know, I, you know, I. I could work. I was one of the best. But you know, when when you have an individual that's in charge of a Hall of Fame, that 
you know, he doesn't care for you, you know, it's useless almost. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, the the thing, you know, in my opinion, and like I say, this is my opinion, I don't know if you share my opinion, but, the, you know, the thing about a Hall of Fame, it's not supposed to be uh, how you feel about somebody, it's supposed to be about their accomplishments, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll get chastised for this too, but uh, you take the Baseball Hall of Fame. Pete Rose does deserve being the Baseball Hall of Fame because yeah. it should be an accomplishment of what he did as a player, not what he did as a manager. I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm sure I'll get a lot of hate uh, tweets for that too, but it doesn't matter to me. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying is when I went uh, when I was up in Amsterdam and uh, it, Tony Volano was running the Hall of Fame, you know, I, you know, I mean, he tried to run that to fairly, you know, he would take a survey of other wrestlers of who they thought, you know, belonged in the Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, that, and he ran things well. And, you know, he had, uh, you know, where, where he kept everything was, was a fair size of place, you know, uh, yes, uh, so two stories tall and, uh, and then it, it went to Texas and, you know, like I've never heard from, uh, you know, the at all, you know, so I don't know. Well, you know, and I, I, you know, like I say, I, I think that's pretty sad, but, uh, anyway, we, we have, uh, Bugsy McGraw as our guest here. We have, um, well, we have, uh, how much time we got left? We got, well, we got about seven minutes left of regular time. So, um, uh, so, uh, Bugsy, now, um, you know, now, now that you're retired and, uh, uh, I guess you're living down in Florida and it's like midnight down there and I, I, I know we're keeping you past your bedtime, but, uh, how long, uh, how, how have you been enjoying retirement? Uh, and, uh, do you, uh, ever have plans on uh, doing, uh, anything back in the wrestling business, uh, now? Well, you know, as far as wrestling is, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like. When I when I left wrestling, I was on the road for 20 years, and then uh, I went back to college and I got a degree in nursing. And I became an RN, and I, then I was uh, I, I was a trauma nurse at a trauma one center uh, for over 16 years, and then I went on and I became a rehab nurse for over three years. So. You know, I mean, it's like what I said to you before, you know, like I have a lot of accomplishments, but, you know, there's individuals, you know, that don't care. You know, they they only want, you know, they they only want, if they don't really, if they don't really care for you, you know, it, it just becomes harder. Well, you know, I'm I'm just kind of curious, you know, you, you know, you, you went to school and got your degree and, uh, you know, you became a nurse working at home. Now, let me ask you this. Did any of the patients or anybody recognize you uh, when you're, when you were in your profession? Oh yeah, sure. From time to time. Yeah. You, you would find individuals, you know, they, you know, they might recognize me and they asked me about it, you know, sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I, I can just imagine like, uh, you know, someone says, is there a doctor or nurse in the house? And you show them, they're like, no, no, I'm asking for a nurse. I, you know, that's Bugsy McGraw. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, I mean, it's no, it, yeah. I, 
I don't think I ever had that happen, but you know. I I, th- I think I think that'd be cool, you know. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, so uh, uh, the other thing Bugsy will do real quick is if you know uh, I don't know how well you're in with the social media, but if our fans want to check you out and see what you're doing, and you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch. Besides the book, what else you got? No, I'm not on. I'm not on the social media at all. You stay away from that stuff. I stay away from all of it. I don't. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on. You see anything else you can think of? Uh, but uh, well, uh, uh, how about uh, YouTube? Do you know if there's any uh, of your old matches on YouTube that? Uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. From what I've been told, I've I've only seen a couple of them, uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot there's a lot there. And then you know, with Vince McMahon, he has um, I guess I guess he calls them the classics, right. and so he has me on the, so he has me on a he has me on a few of the classics there, yeah, too. Is there um? Is there a, is there a a match that uh, that uh, you think would be like really cool that uh, you you're, that fans would like really enjoy uh, um, that you'd want people to try and find? Oh well, the only one that I know about, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's others, but I don't know. Uh, there's one with myself and and Ivan Putsky, and that's on. Um, that's on YouTube, or no? That's on the classics with uh, Vince McMahon. There, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, when you found out that uh, you know uh, you're on the WWE Network, were you like, "Wow, that's awesome," or uh, you know, were you were you just was just another day at the uh, another day at the office? Well, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I thought it was good, but you know what? I'm not. You know, my life, you know, my life has changed and, uh, you know, I'm more, I'm more concerned about getting, uh, you know, uh, so close to God every day. And because I know you're not, you know, you're not going to spend a whole, a whole lot of time on earth. I don't care how long you live (laughs) as compared to eternity. So, you know, I mean, yeah, my main. Yeah, yeah. My main focus is God and the Word of God, so I like to stay, you know, I like to stay close to Him, you know. So, you know, I mean, it's great if, uh, you know, if I get into the Hall of Fame, you know, either for Vince McMahon or the other one there, uh, you know, it would be great, you know. I, I would like it, but you know, I, I don't think about it much. I'm going to tell you that, and. Um, you know, so it's there's yeah, there's a lot of other things to think about. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what, Bugsy. Uh, we have uh, we have. Uh, I'm just getting uh, the words from our our, uh, our producer. They're giving us 60 seconds because the uh, championship game is just in, and they got to uh, they got to cover that uh, in the college show. So you know, when you when you work for a sports network. Uh, when uh, big title games stuff are happening, you know, uh, 
wrestling and my show kind of takes a back seat. So, but I'll tell you what, Bugsy, we want to thank you uh, for taking time on your schedule. I know we kept you a little longer than I promised, but uh, you have been awesome, and we'll definitely have to have you on again because uh, we got more stories that we'd like to have you share with us. Oh, oh yeah, there's, I mean, there's, yeah, there's like uh, so many. I mean, there is there's a lot of stories that you know we haven't even touched. Which I, right. yeah, which I think you would really, really like to hear about because you know they're unusual and you know they they involve some individuals that you know you you might have heard of. I, I, I'm not sure, but you know it's yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Bugsy, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so we much, Bugsy. And we will I'll hey. be in contact with you. We'll definitely have you on again. Uh, all right, my friend. Okay, Granny. Well, I'm certainly it. It it was a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thank you, awesome. sir. I like I said, it was an on, it was an honor and a pleasure because, like I said, Granny Hulkster loves her wrestling. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Praise God. You got you know. I mean, you're usually a fan of something. You know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it, it's always nice to see or or to hear from fans that, you know, that have a that are real fans, and you know, they're you know they they they're just really they're just really glad that they are wrestling fans because they enjoy it, you know. Well, when right. I my husband and I got to meet Ron Simmons and Tony Atlas back in 2019. At an autograph signing, Ron Simmons told me, he says, Granny, he says, you're that true fan that we so loved back in the day that we don't see anymore. And I consider that a very humbling compliment. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, you can tell, you know, you can tell by the enthusiasm and the way they talk about wrestling. Yeah, so that's really good. Amen to that. I'm getting a signal. We got to wrap it up here. So uh, tune in next week. Be checking out our uh, Facebook page, Off the Ropes, for uh, who we're going to have on next week. We update that uh, either Thursday or Friday. Uh, We'll be on the same time next week to entertain you all. And uh, we do want to thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we will see you all next week. If I have a great week, everyone. If I can find the outro music and then. Dead man walking. You've done it now.